Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hello, everybody. So this episode was inspired by a request from a follower that we got when we put out a call for mailbag questions at the end of last year. Tropical Scream on Tumblr asked, A while ago, I asked about your opinion on tribes and the best legends and color combinations to lead them. With the ton of support for various tribes since then, I'd like to hear an updated version of said list. Well, last year we did an ep on unsupported tribes, and in this episode we want to talk about tribes that are supported, but not by designs that incentivize running the most fun cards of that tribe. So I want to clarify that supported means that they have a commander that explicitly rewards that tribe. So some people use Ishai for bird tribal decks because he happens to be a bird, But we're looking for references in the text box that give you a reason to commit to a particular tribe over all the other creatures in Commander. But before we jump in, I want to briefly talk about our Patreon. If you head on over to patreon.com slash commandertheory, you can support the show and get sweet benefits for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by rating or reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. And we have uh, one such review that we're going to read for you today. This comes to us from Water Slice. The best theory and brews around. If you're interested in leveling up your EDH game in a focused meta and actually care about thoughtful theory behind Commander, this podcast is absolutely required listening. These guys are in-depth and thorough and always get my brainstorming with interesting brews and set reviews. Well, thank you, Water Slice. Uh, We appreciate your support. All right, with that, we're going to jump into tribes in need of better commanders. We're going to be going off the tribal themes on EDH rec. If a tribe already has an effective tribal commander, we're not going to spend too much time on it. We'll try to get through those quickly so we can jump into the the meatier opportunities. So the number one most popular tribe on EDH rec is dragons. Yeah, by a lot. There are 3,682 decks on EDH rec with the dragon tribe. It's primarily in red, followed by black and green. That's just kind of how it's shaken out over the years. What are some of the pros and cons of this tribe? They're giant, cool dragons, so you have these large flying threats a lot of the time. A lot of the time they represent breathing fire in some form, so you get a lot of like removal stapled onto dragons in the form of like direct damage or pinging for a mana cost or something like that. But they are large, giant flyers, so they tend to be very expensive. So that would be a con against them. Yeah, one interesting thing about dragons is that They are the most popular tribe, not only just in terms of decks, but from the market research that Wizards has done. And so Wizards has tried to make them fit into more worlds, just knowing that they're popular. So they've gotten more opportunities for powerful cards than like, say, Angels, which don't always fit into like, say, a Tarkir or a Theros. And same with Demons or Sphinxes, like they're not always perfectly aligned with the flavor of the world, whereas Dragons kind of end up everywhere and get a lot of strong cards as a result. Yeah, there's pretty much not a set that goes by where there's no dragon. The most popular dragon commander is the Ur-Dragon with 1,698 decks. So almost half of all dragon decks use the Ur-Dragon as a commander. The Ur-Dragon is four white, blue, black, red, green, so nine mana, for a 10-10 legendary dragon avatar. It has eminence. As long as it is in the command zone or on the battlefield, other dragon spells you cast cost one less to cast. It has flying, and whenever one or more dragons you control attack, 
draw that many cards, then you may put a permanent card from your hand onto the battlefield. I think it's a pretty adequate commander for the tribe because it does a good job of addressing the con of the tribe, the, the weakness of the tribe. Dragons are expensive, but the Ur Dragon offers you cost reduction. There are opportunities to better meet what the, the tribe is trying to do. For example, like white and blue don't add a whole lot to the dragon tribe. That's, that is true, yep. So a better and more focused dragon commander might just be Jund colors and provide even greater power to ramp as opposed to just like a single mana cost reduction. But again, it's a, a strong commander and I, I don't think that dragons need any new commanders anytime soon. Yeah, I think people will be pretty happy with what they got going for a while. This next tribe surprised me with how many decks there actually are for it. If you just look at that number, it's actually not that far behind dragons. So this is Vampires. Vampires are pretty popular. They've been supporting them for like over a decade now. They're primarily in black and then a little bit in red and then a, a little, little tiny bit in white, thanks to Ixalan. And I guess some uh, corsets and stuff. Ravnica, Orz- like Orzov. Orzov. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They have some cool pros. Basically, there's lots of lords. You can make a vampire deck and pump your vampires by not really investing any cards that don't fit the theme. You can just play a lot of vampires, and they all kind of help each other. Mm -hmm. And then you can just keep keep going. Uh, And they also just have a lot of incidental life gain. There's a lot of life link. There's a lot of life drain. Just kind of stapled onto them. Uh, Again, it's kind of meeting that flavor expectation of vampires, like draining life. The cons for vampires... Not really. There's not really. Because you can have like a big spency six mana vampire and you can have like a one drop vampire. You can curve out with vampires. It's not a top heavy tribe. Not really a lot of cons to vampires, which I think is part of the reason that they're so popular. Currently on EDH rec under the vampires tag, they have 3,600 decks, which is a huge number. That's the thing that really surprised me because like as far as PR goes, they are pretty far behind dragons, but as far as deck numbers, uh, they're only like 80-something decks behind. And a big reason for that is Edgar Markov, the most popular commander, with 2,778 decks. Yeah, it's an enormous proportion. Over three quarters of the vampire decks are using Edgar. So Edgar Markov is a 4-4 vampire knight for three red, white, black. Uh, has eminence whenever you cast another vampire spell. If Edgar Markov is in the command zone or on the battlefield, create a 1-1 black vampire creature token. Has first strike, has haste, and whenever Edgar Markov attacks, put a plus one plus one counter on each vampire you control. He really helps you take advantage of the strength of the tribe. The tribe has so many lords, the more tokens you add to the battlefield, the more you, you spread that buff and you can get more damage in. Yeah, the, the Edgar is one of the only like working aggro decks in the format. There are aggro decks and they are of varying levels of, uh, of quality in Commander, but Edgar, I think, is so strong, just incredibly strong, just makes the whole aggro thing work because he just gives you so many bodies. It's so crazy. I think problems with Edgar, he tends to incentivize running the cheapest vampires rather yeah. than the best ones, yep. because getting his, his trigger, the, the more spells you're casting, the more efficiently you use your mana, the more tokens you're generating, as opposed to having a bunch of like five and six drop vampires. And also, like in terms of his color identity, white isn't 
super necessary. Yeah. As you mentioned earlier, vampires are concentrated in black and red for the most part. But I don't think there's really a need for a new vampire commander. He's quite good, and these are just minor critiques. Hopefully, we'll get another like version of Alenda or something if we go back to Ixalan mm-hmm. that maybe fits like a white black vampires thing maybe we finally get some actually like good white vampires mm-hmm. so it's not a little bit embarrassing yeah <laughs> to have that color there but I think Edgar is doing a good enough job right now the next most popular tribe according to EDH rec is zombies with 3,551 decks Zombies are primarily black with a, a tiny sprinkling of blue and like just a dash of white from Amonkhet. Yeah, and a little red from Amonkhet and War or the Spark because there's the Eternals. You get the Nehebs and that's about it. The strengths of zombies, um, they're really good at token production. There's just been a lot of zombie token production over the years. There's also a lot of graveyard recursion in these colors. Zombies are very good at bringing themselves back. Both of those are, are pretty useful in Commander because they mm-hmm. allow you to like come back from Wraths a bit more. Like with tokens, you're committing fewer cards to the board in order to get a token presence, an army on the battlefield. And then with Graveyard Recursion, even if somebody wipes your board, you can rebuild more easily than mm-hmm. other tribes can. So the the front runner Commanders, there's, there's two that are kind of neck and neck. Varina Lich Queen with 952 decks and the Scarab God with 938 decks. Varina Lich Queen is one white, blue, black for a 4-4 zombie wizard. Whenever you attack with one or more zombies, draw that many cards, then discard that many cards. You gain that much life. She also has two exile two cards from your graveyard. Create a tapped 2-2 black zombie creature token. The Scarab God is three blue-black for a 5-5 god. At the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent loses X life and you scry X, where X is the number of zombies you control. Two blue-black, exile target creature card from a graveyard. Create a token that's a copy of it, except it's a 4-4 black zombie. Finally, when the Scarab God dies, return it to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. I think Verena is a fairly strong zombie tribal commander yeah she does incentivize like a lower curve hitting your your one twos and threes so that you can get three of her triggers as soon as you drop her on turn four the scarab god allows you to play more of the expensive ones but it doesn't need the zombie theme as much as verena does like the scarab god produces its own zombies yeah you can kind of run more good stuffy things knowing that there'll be a four four zombie at some point in time I think that between the two of them, they sort of give you a good pair of options for a zombie tribal commander. I don't know if another zombie tribal commander is necessary at any point in the future. It would be nice to see just a mono black zombie tribal commander so that you're not pulled towards good stuff. Like, Yeah, if Lim Duel actually like, was a reasonable mana cost instead of like, he's like seven. Oh, it's, it's backbreaking. Yeah. So Limduel the Necromancer is a 4-4 human wizard for 5 and 2 black, so a CMC of 7. Whenever a creature an opponent controls is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you may pay 1 and a black. If you do, return that card to the battlefield under your control. If it's a creature, it's a zombie in addition to its other creature types. Also has 1 and a black regenerate target zombie. So basically this 4-4 for 7 that steals things that you kill if you pay a little more mana and then you can save them by regenerating them there's just too use too much mana 
you use too much mana, you seven mana, and then you have to kill something, and then you have to spend two, and then like regenerating a zombie is like okay, I guess. It's like there's mm-hmm. a lot there's a lot going on. We need like mono black zombies probably need something a little bit more than that. <laughs> <laughs> Overall I think zombies are they'll be okay for a little while. Okay. Elves. Oh yeah, El- elves is an interesting case. Elves comes in at three thousand eighty one decks primarily in green, and it's extremely good at ramping. So many of the mana dorks in Commander are elves. It's just very, very good at accelerating because that's where all of its power is concentrated. What are the most popular elf commanders? Number one with 851 decks is Azuri, and this is not really a surprise to anyone who's seen this guy. Azuri, Renegade Leader, is a 2-2 elf warrior for one green-green, so three CMC, He has green, regenerate another target elf, two, green, 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 elf creatures you control, get plus three, plus three, and gain trample until end of turn. He saves your elves, and then he also overruns, so all that extra mana that you're getting also ends the game eventually. Really, like, he he does everything you need. Um, I'm going to read the next few elf commanders. Marwin the Nurturer is a 1-1 for two and a green, uh, an elf druid. Whenever another elf enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one plus one counter on Marwyn the Nurturer. Then she has tap, add an amount of green equal to Marwyn's power. You can kind of approach this making way too much mana thing in a different angle. So I understand the appeal of having this as an elf deck, but as as the numbers kind of show, she's very much further behind Azuri. I think because she's kind of this niche elfy. I think that she kind of just replicates what elves are already good at doing. Yeah. Whereas uh, Azuri provides you with the mana sink yeah. and protection that you really need. Exactly. Because she has tech. Like, there's there's techy things you can do with Marwyn, and I think that's one of the reasons people like her. But definitely not as strong, I would say, as Azuri is, because he just kind of punches all the boxes yeah not as complimentary exactly yeah that's that's a good way of saying it so the last one uh, he's kind of elf by default because this deck is not a lot of elves this is nath of the guilt leaf a 4-4 elf warrior for three black green at the beginning of your upkeep you may have target opponent discard a card at random whenever an opponent discards a card you may create a 1-1 green elf warrior creature token so this deck ends up with a little bit of elf tribal in it because it's good <laughs> because you're kind of passively getting elves by making everyone discard their hands. And that's a very good, simple, easy way to win the game is mm-hmm. by having a bunch of elves and having things that care about elves and get kicking some butt. And no one has a hand so they can't stop you. So those are the three most popular elf commanders. Do you want to kind of get into a little more about elves, some last words about elves before we move on? Because I honestly don't know if elves need something else. Azuri is a very effective elf commander, and I think that he deserves his place as the number one. I don't know if there's an easy design uh, that would take his place. He's still the king. Yeah. Yeah, he's still got it. Because with elves, you're you're committing a lot of bodies to the board, and he will protect them for you and then turn them into an army when you're ready for that. Yeah, pretty nuts. So the next tribe we're going to talk about, this is goblins. Goblins are primarily in red, and they have 2,783 decks right now on EDH rec. I feel like every playgroup has goblins in it, more so than like, Maybe vampires and stuff. I felt like every time I've gone to a new playgroup, there's the goblins person. The main pro of goblins is token production. 
it's very easy to make a lot of goblins. And from there, you just have to figure out how to win with them. The most popular commander for goblins is Krenko. Krenko is two red red for a 3-3 goblin. He has tap, create X 1-1 red goblin creature tokens, where X is the number of goblins you control. Krenko not only contributes to the strength, but also capitalizes on it because the more goblins you produce before he starts activating, the further along you are on that that parabola. He's not going to be unseated anytime soon. He's he's far and away the most popular and the most powerful goblin commander. And he just aligns with what the goblin tribe needs and is good at doing. There's so few commanders that offer exponential growth. So yeah, Krenko, I don't think he's going anywhere. So Wizards is the next most popular tribe with 2,715 decks. It's primarily in blue, although there's a bit of red wizards floating around and a little bit of black wizards, partially because black hasn't really had a mage tribe set in stone for yep. a long time. Yep. The pros of wizards, the strength of the tribe is card advantage. This tribe is very closely associated with regrowing spells, drawing cards. It's just very easy to uh, maintain a full grip when you're playing the wizard tribe. So the most popular commanders for wizards are Inala with 1,073 decks, Azami with 439 decks, Adelise the Cinderwind with 317 decks, and Nabon Dean of Iteration with 251 decks. Inala is two blue, red, black for a 4-5 human wizard. She has eminence. Whenever another non-token wizard enters the battlefield under your control, if Inala is in the command zone or on the battlefield, you may pay one. If you do create a token that's a copy of that wizard, the token gains haste, exile it at the beginning of the next end step. You can also tap five untapped wizards you control, to make target player lose seven life. So there, there might be a, a theme that you might notice at home with a lot of these Eminence commanders being pretty popular. <laughs> They're very strong. Turns out Eminence is a very strong ability. Next most popular wizard commander is Azami. Two blue, blue, blue for a zero two human wizard. Tap an untapped wizard you control, draw a card. Simple, clean. Yeah, does a lot of work. Adelie's the Cinderwind is one blue-red for a 2-2 human wizard. She has flying and haste, and whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, wizards you control get plus one plus one until end of turn. Nabon, Dean of Iteration, is one in the blue for a 2-1 human wizard. If a wizard entering the battlefield under your control causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. So in a way, he's uh, very similar to Inala, just uh, provides a little bit less play and fewer colors. Yeah, which uh, turns out to be a lot. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot more than the sum of its parts. Mm -hmm. Inala is clearly the most popular, but I'm not a huge fan of her design. I think this might be the first real miss of the the tribal commanders we've talked about today. Yeah, I agree. So Eminence on her is, is much stronger than on the the previous eminence commanders we've spoken about it's impossible to interact with it has combo potential and it's enormous value that you just can't do anything about azami is a strong commander she also has some combo potential in that you can combine her with mind over matter and you can tap untap mill your entire library and then 
win with the new Thassa's Oracle. Oh, yeah. That's actually very... Is that a wizard, too? Oh, it must be. It's an oracle. Right? Yeah, Merfolk wizard. Yeah. Wow. Welcome. Welcome to the club. But Azami, strong commander... I think this is true of Naban, too, we'll talk about, but just, I think Mono Blue, that's a good, solid showing for Wizards. Mm-hmm. It's it's like most of the ones people care about, and you get most of the tools that you need, which it makes Adelie's, I think, one of the weirder ones on this list. Yeah. Wizards aren't really good at attacking. They don't yeah. typically have evasion. Their bodies are small. They aren't really good at going wide. There's not a lot of wizard token generation, so yeah. the buff provided by Adelie's isn't super significant. Yeah. It's hard to channel that well. Exactly. So they keep printing cards as if there were a lot of good token, like wizard token generation, but there's not. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if someone's told them that <laughs> because they keep printing cards that will like talk about wizards or wizards you control or these things, but it's like... What my like two three for three? Like what are you talking? Which mm-hmm. wizard are you talking about? Like my my archaeomancer, my one two for four. Why am I buffing this? Like <laughs> wh- why do I want to attack with this? This kind of hits on that problem of most of the time when you have a wizard, it's a card and not just a token that you were able to create somehow. I like Azami's method of using wizards a lot more than Adelie's. Like. Azami recognizes that your wizards should not be going into combat, so she gives yep. them away to be productive. Yeah, <laughs> whereas, go read this book. Yeah, whereas Adelie's is sending them to the forefront just to get steamrolled by some ogres or something. Yeah, the the one build for Adelie's I've seen that made me want to do it is you just you don't actually care about wizards other than her. I love like weird Voltron, like where I don't just put a fire shrieker on something and attack. And that's kind of what Adelie's is, mm-hmm. is like you have protection for her because you're in blue and she's flying and hasty and you get to run all these other weird like red and blue spells. But the thing is like, it's not like actually like when a goldfish hit, it's not actually ever fun enough to commit. Assemble. Yeah, yeah. To actually commit to and like take cards out of other decks or whatever. But yeah, wizards, like you said, this is probably the first tribe that they don't have like necessarily an adequate commander moving on to the next tribe it's dinosaurs so dinosaurs come in at 2419 decks these other tribes have been around for a very long time where dinosaurs themselves have been around since ixalan so the fact that over four years we've gotten decks comparable to the amount of goblin decks and wizard decks in the format that blows my mind but they are primarily in red, green, and white. They do have pros and cons. Some of these other ones that we haven't been mentioning cons because there aren't really any cons. These ones, the pro is that they're huge. They're big beaters. They are win conditions. You can attack with them. They got a lot of abilities. Cons, they're expensive. They don't always have evasion. And there's just not a lot of them. Yeah, like with wizards, for example, there are hundreds and hundreds of wizards. You can pick magic. and choose, yeah. But with dinosaurs there's still less than a hundred you really don't have a lot to choose from before you start digging into the limited fodder and so a dinosaur tribal commander has to be able to to subsidize your your low card quality and i don't know if the front runner has been able to do that that well no the front runner for those who are interested is gishath with 1922 decks gishath sun's avatar is an eight mana so five red green white 
7-6 Dinosaur Avatar with Trample, Vigilance, and Haste, and has whenever Gishath Sun's Avatar deals combat damage to a player, reveal that many cards from the top of your library, put any number of dinosaur creature cards from among them onto the battlefield, and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. They wanted to make, like, the most aggressive T-Rex and, like, make it a commander, and I feel this is kind of a miss for a lot of reasons. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like, Gishath ticks off a lot of the boxes for a Voltron commander, He's got seven power, he's got haste, he's got trample. So that tends to be a more effective strategy for your deck is just building around that, giving him double strike rather than putting in a bunch of not great dinosaurs. In order to really hit off of him, you have to have an enormous number of dinosaurs in your deck. And by putting those like vanilla six sevens in there, you're just taking away slots from stuff like double cleave assault strobe duelist heritage yeah Yeah, it comes down before he comes down and helps out once he's there Mm -hmm. or the ramp to get him onto the battlefield more quickly yeah exactly so i think a better commander would provide you with a way to ramp into your more expensive dinosaurs and preferably like trigger enrage repeatedly yeah yeah exactly enrage is not something that's easy to do in commander there's just not a lot of cards that damage your own creatures that well you've got i mean you've got some earthquake effects but doing earthquakes for like ones and twos is not a great use of the card yeah there's very few enrage rewards so enraged being when this takes damage do a thing that warrant a card Mm -hmm. like there's very few times you want to waste your earthquake to get a 3-3 three, three, mm-hmm. or like deal six to a creature like there's just not that many good ones but if your commander gives you a mechanism for easily triggering and rage then that might actually bring up some dinosaurs from being unplayable to being playable so i think that would be our idea for a better commander and if you all have some ideas for how to improve the dinosaur tribe with a new commander please let us know and we can talk about some custom designs on the show so this next tribe is a big one. This has kind of been the boogeyman of most casual playgroups for a very long time. This is Slivers. They are primarily in all five colors, and they come in with around 2,100 decks, a little over that. The pros of Slivers, they just do everything. Mm-hmm. They do everything. And there's no cons. You get a lot of bodies. They all hit you real hard. They're hard to disrupt. It's everything. You got big ones, you got small ones, you got removal, you got ramp, you got everything. The only major con is that you have to have good fixing. But beyond that, slivers are able to sort of patch up any weaknesses and respond pretty well to to most types of threats. So slivers, the most popular commanders, the number one by a long shot is sliver overlord. So sliver overlord is a five mana seven seven it's white blue black red green for a sliver mutant with three search your library for a sliver card reveal that card and put it into your hand then shuffle your library and then again three gain control of target sliver whatever you need whenever you need it here it is that's sliver overlord the next one is the first sliver and honestly i that does not surprise me that it's gotten this popular this fast The first sliver is again Wooberg for a 7-7 for a sliver with Cascade. And then sliver spells you cast have Cascade. So many cards, so fast. It rebuilds so fast. It's really nuts. And then sliver Hive Lord coming in at number three. So Wooberg, 4-5-5 sliver. Slivers you control have Indestructible. 
all three of these have a lot of pros. I could see why someone would like any one of these guys over mm-hmm. the other ones. Do you want to kind of get into get into that? Yeah. So Sliver Overlord, the big benefit is that slivers can be a toolbox, and this guarantees that you always have the right sliver for the job. If you're facing down a lot of board wipes or spot removal, you can get your hibernation sliver. Sliver Overlord can also get the other two slivers. Yeah. So they can like be your de facto commander if you prefer. The first sliver, the big benefit is just an enormous amount of cards and mana. Like if your deck is mostly slivers, then every sliver you cast is going to hit another sliver all the way down the chain. And of course you can put a couple of spells with no mana cost or zero cmc and then make sure that you hit them every single time so you can make it likely that you're going to hit ancestral vision or wheel of fate every game and then sliver hive lord the biggest problem slivers have to deal with is board wipes and sliver hive lord is a a roadblock on that or at the very least a speed bump your opponents have to deal with it before they can deal with the army that you've amassed So Slivers, they've been around forever. I think they were in Tempest first. They do everything. They're super popular. And apparently they're going to keep making us Slivers. We've got one last tribe we're going to talk about today. And this is another opportunity. This is Angels with 1,564 commanders. Angels are primarily in white. There's been a tiny bit of red angels and a tiny bit of black angels. But the majority has been in mono white. The pros for angels are they're all big flying beaters, and the cons are that they are expensive, and white, unfortunately, is not a good color for casting a lot of expensive spells. The most popular commanders for angels are Kalia of the Vast with 263 decks. The next most popular commander for angels is Lyra Dawnbringer with 210 decks. Lyra is 3 white-white for a 5-5 angel with flying, first strike, and lifelink. Other angels you control get plus one plus one and have lifelink. The next most popular commander for angels is Avacyn Angel of Hope with 189 decks. She is 5 white-white-white for an 8-8 angel with flying, vigilance, and indestructible. Other permanents you control have indestructible. So angels, they've been a iconic tribe forever. Mm-hmm. Like Sarah Angel's been... One in the, alpha, yeah. Yeah, it was in alpha. It was one of the best creatures in alpha and for a long time. And people like the aesthetics. People like the power of them. It's fun to have these cool ethereal flying creatures laying the justice down on your opponents. And they really have not gotten what they needed. The fact that Kalia of the Vast is the number one angel commander goes to show the problem here because Kalia of the Vast isn't just an angel commander. She's also got your demons and your dragons and she's pretty much only running the best angels and the best demons and the best dragons. I think that's a huge sign that there's a problem. I think another indicator that angels are in need of a better commander is when we talk about like the most popular commander for a tribe, the majority of the ones we've spoken about have like 75% of all yeah. decks of that type, 80% of all decks of that type, or at the very least 50% of all decks of that type. Kalia, as the most popular angel commander, is a sixth of the total deck counts. Like it's a yeah. very flat distribution for these commanders. Because there's no clear front runner, I think that means that everyone's trying different things. There's yeah. no like right answer at the moment. Yeah, exactly. There is no best place to do this right now. And I think it's apparent and when you look at this distribution. I think just the problems in general is that like when you do get 
the support, like looking at like Lyra Donbringer. She doesn't do anything that you need. That's the other problem too, is like she specifically lists out angels. She's like one of the only ones who does that. And none of what she's offering you is something that you wanted. The biggest problem with an angel deck is that you just don't have access to ramp and like an angel deck is likely just going to be casting one angel per turn, and that's pretty darn slow for Commander. And Lyra giving you plus one plus one and lifelink is not going to solve that problem. Yes. So I think a better angel tribal commander would offer like cost reduction because it, it's worked so well for Gargos. It's worked so yes. well for the Ur Dragon, Unesh, all of these other iconic tribes. Wizards is recognizing like part of what makes them iconic is that they're all really expensive. Yeah, they're all splashy and fun. Yeah, if we want to make it possible for people to play with them, we need to lower that cost. And it's worked out great for the three other uh, tribes. So I think they ought to do the same for angels. If she gave persist or something like that, do you think that would have been better? I, I think she would have been a little bit closer to playable. I mean, protection against board wipes would be nice. It would certainly be an improvement over what she does now. I think there's a lot of things that would have been better than what she does now there are a lot more tribes on this list that are not only like playable but important that i think we're going to get to in another episode yeah this is like the, to be a two-parter maybe a three-parter because there's just so many supported tribes and we really want to go through and and be methodical about this if you like this series let us know all right with that i'm going to give a shout out to our patreon patrons they are Bradley, Gustav, Ryan, Mark, Addison, Mason, Will, Rick, Laser, Raphael, Kyle, Charlotte, Andrew, Tom, The White Clays, Aubrey, Hannah, Anthony, Andy, Cooper, Dylan, James, Justin, Logan, Roger, David, Evan, Bryce, Dylan, and Benjamin. Thank you all for supporting the show. If you're not currently a Patreon patron but would like to become one, you can check us out at patreon.com slash commander theory. If any of you theorists want to get in touch with us, I am at Commander Theory on Twitter and Tumblr, and Zach is at Fat Bartleby on Twitter. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy, and you can check him out on SoundCloud. Until next time, we're going back to the drawing board.